join our psychedelic smoke sesh as we explore exciting new dimensions of existence, thought, and possibility. We'll take you out of this world and blaze through infinite realms while occasionally forgetting what we were saying. (laughs) (laughs) This This is is Higher Consciousness. to Higher Consciousness, Season 6 of Psychedelic. Episode 3. Episode 3, that's what's up. But what are we talking about? We are going to be talking about something we've been teasing about it for a while. If you're following us on Instagram, you probably already know. And if you aren't following us on Instagram, please do so at higher underscore consciousness underscore talk. What's happening? So you can stay up to date, because we are more active on there now, now that we're back to doing this. But I teased in the last episode that this psychedelic is internationally the most popular psychedelic at the current moment. It has, it's hot. It's, yeah, it's hot, it's a, baby. It's a very hot medicine at this time, and it is growing in, like... Every day, bigger and bigger in large populations. And it is, drum roll please. Oh, wow, that might have been really loud. Yeah, <laughs> good lord. Bufo alfarius. Wait, I always say this wrong. Wait, Bufo alfarius. Yes. yes, Bufo alfarius. Bufo alfarius, a.k.a. the psychedelic toad of the Sonoran Desert. Ribbit. Ribbit. <laughs> ribbit, ribbit. Yes. And, like, so I'm really excited to talk about this because up until, I think, about a few years ago, I was unaware that there was even a psychedelic toad that is existed. I mean, who knew? Like, really, who knew? There's even a psychedelic fish. I was um. going to say, there's psychedelic everything. <laughs> there really is. They're going to come out and be like, we have a new psychedelic baseball player. His yeah. name is... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new psychedelic baseball player. But, I mean, we see an ergot and wheat, which is the base of LSD. We have mushrooms. You know, we have all kinds of different plant medicines. We have yeah. the toad. We have, there's a fish. Um, there's cacti. I mean, like, there truly is, like, an abundance of psychedelic uh, substances in, na- in nature. Psychedelic raccoons. I'm sure they have psychedelic raccoons. That's right. I don't feel like that's uh, gotta... one that... Were, you gotta I don't know smoke if that's their earwax. Real. That the earwax terrible. of a raccoon. That sounds so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's no better than what we're about to talk about today. That's, so that's uh, huh. um yeah, it's a really interesting. So um but of course, as always, before we get into the episode, let's open up the space and do the blessing. That's right. We gotta use one of your new bundles. It's a prototype bundle. This is a prototype bundle. And it's rainbowy. Yes, this is a prototype of my rainbow bundle, and I'm releasing a bunch of St. Patrick's Day themed items on my website at a meaningful dream. This is the season to get lucky. Yes, this Saturday, along with the February, uh, damn it, moon boxes. <laughs> you just got so much soot on your pants. I know. Oh. This pants has, like, these pants have seen so much of it, though. Oh, no. So it's fine. Oh, It'll no. Come It'll come out. I'm not concerned. <laughs> The things you go through for magic. For magic. But they'll come out. It's fine. Um, but anyway, see, this is why this is a prototype. Um, 
but I'll be releasing my February moon boxes along with my, I'll have a couple St. Patrick's Day items, including this rainbow bundle that I'll be releasing this Friday on my, I'm sorry, this Saturday on my website at ameaningfuldream.com. So follow me at a meaningful dream if you haven't already. Um, so you can see what's up with that. So let's open up the space. Let's welcome in our ancestors and our spirit guides and any guides that want to be with us today as we prepare for this amazing cosmic ride through the cosmos. Cosmic and ride through the cosmos. We got some, we got a Devon Bud joint, which we haven't had in a minute. And better, it's better Brothers. Better, Better Brothers. That's and we right. have some peppermint added into this one, thanks to... Our friend Chelsea, shout out to Chelsea for creating yeah, this uh, magic for us today. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so I'm so excited. I'm very excited to talk about this. Okay, so yeah. are you ready? Oh, are you gonna, I'm ready. Are you going to hold it? I'm going to hold it while you, whilst you do the blessing. Okay. Ready? Let's take a deep breath. Ooh, look, right at 420. <sighs> Thank you, Mary Jane, for being here with us today. May you allow us to have a great show about Bufal Farias, the psychedelic toad. May what we have to say come off clearly and concisely and open the hearts and the minds and the perspectives of those who are listening to this episode and any of our other episodes. Thank you for your blessings and thank you for your abundance. We ask for you to continue to give, giving us your abundance as we share this knowledge into the world. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for all the plant medicines that are here as well. We bless you and thank you. And so dope it be. So dope it be. Ribbit. Yes. Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. I also would like to take a moment to just um, set an intention and prayer for the Ukraine in to offer them healing, support, and strength during this time of war and may psychedelics be a reason that we can come from a place and see that war is unnecessary amen to that yes so dope it be so dope it be go ahead baby light it up i know you've been so anxiously waiting <laughs> well you know we so, all have certain levels of patience and when it comes to Holding this joint and not lighting it. Ho ho. The patient swears thin. Continue. <laughs> um, so I'm super excited to talk about this one. This is not something it's your that favorite. either you know what it is kind of my favorite, but I've never had it before. And I find it really interesting that I feel so called to it. So I really found out about Bufal Farius from uh, Pharmacopia, which is a show that Hamilton Morris, he's a chemist, uh, puts Dang, on through Vice Slam. so good. I know, right? I'm so excited to have They're this. They're so menthol-y. They're, like, very pepperminty. I, I dig it. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Um, good blend. So, I mean, have you heard of the Psychedelic Toe before we watched Pharmacopia? No, I didn't hear about half of the stuff that's on that show, for sure. <coughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you could just take a toad right out of the wild milk its glands well you can't do it with any toad well I, but what i'm saying is, is is that the toad just come it's not like some radioactive toad from chernobyl you know right this is like a natural mutated occurrence. with some crazy i don't know thing or maybe some 
ancient shaman was transformed into a toad. Man, you were so indiscriminate with the spray. I am expanding. I am expanding. Uh, I realized we didn't everywhere. do it, so I was just like, ooh. You started spraying indiscriminate. I was uh, like, oh, God. Oh, geez. <laughs> Computer's getting covered. Sorry. What did you say before I did that? Um, it's hard to remember. You were talking about the shamans? being said after the you're spray incident. You are talking about the <laughs> spraying um, incident. But just the fact that, like, it comes from a, a naturally occurring toad. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not some like crazy, you know, shaman that was cursed and made into a toad from some evil witch back in the day or something. Like maybe it was. Maybe I don't it know. was. Maybe it was. I don't know. Well, we do know for a fact that psychedelic toads do have a long history in uh, shamanic ceremonies and rituals, especially in Mexico. Um, it makes sense because the Sonoran Desert is in Mexico, but we can look and find evidence back from the Olmanacs, which are one of the first civilizations that are known to uh, Mesoamerica. That's right. Um, they had all kinds of like toad statues, toad in like their art. They even had, I think, sm- special smoking pipes and other things like that. So this is not something that's new. This is something that has been along for a, a long time in indigenous cultures are and have become aware of it and it wasn't until 30 years ago maybe a little longer than that where it became more uh widely known and not much of a a secret because up until then there was no current literature or current evidence aside from the little that we could find from the past from their indigenous cultures that this was even possible because any other literature that you would have looked at up until 30 some years ago would have told you that this was a toxic toad, that it was venomous and that therefore it could kill you and not something that you want to do. Now there has been reports of it killing people, but it's not the, the venom itself. It's like what happens during the, the trip that essentially kills you. The trip is incredibly intense. It's I mean, probably like the most intense psychedelic that I've seen. I That's a natural occurring again, psychedelic. Neither one of us have experienced it. Um, but we've watched people who have undergone the experience. And I mean, it has a varying degree of response but depends on most people tend to have a very violent thrashing about of their body um oftentimes vomiting Mm -hmm. um you know and if you're not with somebody to take help take care of you and help guide you i could i could easily see how could you could injure yourself and even Mm -hmm. kill yourself you Mm -hmm. know because what if you asphyxiate on your vomit? You know, what if you're around things that are dangerous and you smash your head into something? You know, it's very easily done. Yeah. So with this type of hallucinogenic, you absolutely need, need supervision. It. And you, you absolutely, to. I think, need supervision of someone who's experienced with it. Yes. Not yeah. just like, hey, Bob, you want to come do this toad venom with me in my garage? Yeah, because there's so many variables that could happen, and you don't really know what you're going to – you don't know how you're going to react until you're in it. And when you're in it, you have, like, no control. So when you're in a trip with uh, the psychedelic toad, you basically lose all sense of orientation. You lose all sense of connection with your body. Um, and so therefore it becomes a thing where 
it is all a spiritual and an emotional kind of experience. But again, like as Dave mentioned, you know, there's people who are thrashing or violent or scream or they'll literally just like stand and then just like fall. Right. All of a just sudden. Just literally like collapse. Yeah. You know? and, and it, so it can hit you suddenly in, uh, and out of nowhere. Now, the psychoactive component of the milk, because what you're doing is you're basically milking the glands of this toad. So these, these, these bufalfarious toads, they have these, these sort of kidney-shaped glands Under ar- around, like, yeah, the back part of their arms and legs. And you Which can, is one of the few uh, toads that I think have glands there, too, as I recall. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So you could squeeze these glands and excrete a milk-like substance. Mm-hmm. And... You can collect this milk-like substance, and you can dry it out and put this crystalline substance into a pipe and then smoke it. And that's what, how most people are, you know, in take, in, ingesting the what I'll call sacrament because it is very highly regarded mm-hmm. um, in, in the indigenous areas. I feel like that's why it kept, was kept secret for so long. Yeah, like most most of these things are kept secret for mm-hmm. that specific purpose because they are very powerful, you know. Um, you know, we've talked about how psych- uh, psychedelics were the actual, like, fruit in the Garden of Eden, not a, a, a not regular apple. apple, you know, but more of the psychedelic fruit, you know, probably most likely a mushroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about frogs, damn it. We're not talking about mushrooms. We're talking right. about mushrooms. Um, so with this in particular, this whole experience, it's just to me very interesting that this is the delivery system for this experience. And that kind of struck me when we were watching the conference that they were doing in Mexico City mm-hmm. in 2019 uh, that Hamilton spoke at. And listening to so many people talk about how highly regarded they they see this sacrament and this toad and how holy it is and that they would never consider doing a synthetic version of it because to them it, there's something about getting it from its source, getting it from the toad itself. The toad. Yeah, because yeah. you're receiving it from the toad's spirit essentially. And that's where, like where they believe the medicine is derived from, like the the that because it's only that tone. Well, that yeah, they do don't. This. They don't. Well, I mean, to listen to other people talk about it, they're like, "Well, I don't. I don't take chemicals. I'm all natural." You right. Know? And it's like, and well, I'm kind of yeah, but it's the chemical that's inside of the naturally the occurring. Tone. Yeah, like I don't know. We're all chemistry. Everything is chemistry. Right, everything is. But I'm like I tend I tend to typically side with people who are like I'd rather just do all natural. I really do my best to avoid any kind of chemicals yeah, as much as I can. I can but but I think the good reason that we're talking about this, I feel like we've really like kind of jumped around. So I feel like we're we gonna all, have to rewind a little bit. Um but so the one thing that I've heard commonly, yes, we do do that. <laughs> um the one thing that <laughs> has been do. like uh common <laughs> that I've heard based off of, like, watching and listening to other people talk and speak about this. People are basically saying this is, like, the most sacred of all 
psychedelics. This is the hardest of all psychedelics, and it is essentially five uh, meo DMT. Right. So it is like a form of DMT. It's a short trip. It lasts about fifteen minutes. It's similar to DMT, but it's more potent. It's It's way more crazy, more potent. Way more potent, and like often people are described going into like this like white light and they feel like this all connection of oneness of love but before I like go really go into that the one thing that I think why we're chemically talking about like or we're talking about synthesizing this versus like other psychedelics is because because it's having such a big um uproar or a big uh surface or rise in the collective consciousness, like internationally is what we're talking about. Like this Senora Toad has made way internationally and it is, mo- and it is based off of like everything that we've seen. It's one of the most sought out Pet psychedelics. Seized. It's going to need to be uh, relit. Oh no. And I can see why it's very powerful. But the problem is, is you can only get these toads in one spot and it's in the Senora Desert. And there have been shamans that have been collecting these toads for some time now. And, of course, you know, this was, like, before it really became really popular. And over time, as it grew to be more popular, less and less toads were around and alive. And the uh, the problem is, is people were poaching them and... You know, they weren't just taking the venom and, like, leaving the frog. They were taking the whole frog, and then they were essentially killing it. And then it so is, stupid. you know, also ran over quite a bit because the toads get, like, permanently paralyzed. Or not permanently, but, like, temporarily paralyzed when a lot of white light, they're like, when they're exposed to a lot of, like, bright white light. Um, but they're also attracted to the light because, because of the, the insects are attracted to the light. Right. And that's so like they go there to feed because these creatures are essentially nocturnal. They, they pretty much spend a good majority of their life underneath the ground in the earth in hibernation mode until like basically it's springtime and it's mating season. They they're come waiting, out waiting for the, the rains to come. Because yeah, waiting most, for the rains most to come. Of the time, I mean, it's a desert. Most yeah. of the time it's dry. And how does an amphibious creature like that survive that has to go underground? Right. In the fucking desert. So, I mean, even just thinking about, like, what it does alone to, like, live and exist is pretty amazing. But because of the way that this is being practiced, it is, and because of how popular it is, the they're going extinct. And pretty soon, if we continue going on this path, there will be just no more psychedelic toads at all, no in general. More. And so, like, it raises a really interesting question in the consciousness, and this is something that I often really go back and forth with, and really, I don't feel like there's a black and white, I feel like there's a lot of gray, is what do you do then? Because there's a lot of people who really believe in keeping it the same, meaning you get it from the source itself. But if the whole world wants some of this, that's not going to be enough to supply it. And people back then, I think the our indigenous cultures knew back then that this was going to be a problem and this is why they kept it secret. And that the person, the first known person, Ken Nelson, who actually did smoke it and write our current literature, which I have here sitting on the table. A Thank you to Hamilton Morris. And also, I'm wearing the Buffalo Various shirt, too. I have two of them. And that's the other thing, too. Like, I am so attracted to this 
uh, medicine. I've never had it before. And maybe it's because, because like, they're <laughs> growing up. Like, I literally spent a good majority of my time. I can vividly remember, like, my mom taught me how to catch toads. In our house that we lived in, there was this back porch, and they, like, lived in, like, the porch and, like, in the ground. So there were, like, a ton of toads around me, like, all the time. And I spent so much time as a kid running around and catching them and, like, playing with them and, like, chasing them. Like, you know, my mom taught me how to catch them, and that, act like, became, like, me bringing them in the house, you know? (laughs) We got to go to the Sonoran Desert and get you some toads. Oh, my God. Um... But, like, I don't know if, like, there's a part of me that's, like, do I contribute to it? Like, do I... Yeah, but if you're doing it safely and ethically... But the the thing is, is, like, even if I am doing it safely and ethically, there is that other knowledge of knowing that it's going to go extinct if, like, things like this continue, you know? So, I don't know. It's, like, there's a couple... It raises, like, a lot of questions. It makes me want to really find a way to put these precious animals under protection and under a space where, you know, they can be allowed to thrive but still maybe be able to receive medicine from time to time. But then I think there is a part of me that would be open to exploring, like, a like a, uh, a synthesized version. And, like, from based off of, like, what... Hamilton and other people and other chemists say about this is like this is like a rarity because most things in nature can't really be like replicated that closely and yet we can with this and so perhaps there is that that is something that should be considered especially until like we can get the frog population back the toe population back to like what it should be for the yeah. ecosystem. Because it's like they, we understand the circle of life. They play an important role in the ecosystem. And we're going to see that whole ecosystem, like, go because of it. Right. It's just, yeah, kind of sad because I would imagine that there's a lot of people that, you know, because obviously these experiencers are in high demand. Otherwise, there wouldn't be such a poaching of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would imagine that because they're in such a high demand, it's because people are really looking for that connection and possibly are only willing to get it from the source and not willing to, you know, get it from some, you know. But I get that because I kind of like. So I, feel I don't the know. Same way even, even in with, a certain way. Even with synthetics, like if it's going to be, you know, something that um, will really help, you know, because people may just turn their nose up to it. Right. Um, Which is unfortunate. I think regardless, it should be something where it should be under protection. Right. And, like, protection of, like, the people. Not, like, you know, like, maybe it not be something where it becomes, like, illegal, but something where it's, it's sacred. And it's sacred to, like, the, the culture around it. Right. And I don't... I feel like there's ways that we can avoid this, like, yet another extinction, you know? Well, I think it comes down to respect, you mm-hmm. know, like anything else that we've talked about when it comes to partaking in sacred medicines, you know, mm-hmm. having mindfulness about it, having respect about it, 
you know, knowing what your intentions are going into it. Because uh, if your intentions are to just pillage and try to, you know, profit, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. Like, you're going to do what you need to do, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, it really comes down to the consumer and what the consumer is willing to put up with. So, uh, but that's the same thing with food, you know. Like, that's why we have such a large organic food movement because a lot of people learned about the things that are done to mass food uh uh, production Mm -hmm. so we've decided as a part of our culture that we want to buy ethically so we ask those questions you know where is this food coming from yeah and when we started doing that stores started taking notice and put Mm -hmm. up organic food sections Mm -hmm. and we've seen those sections grow yeah. At least I feel like I have in the stores. We have. Um, it's more, so I it's feel become like it's more accessible too, I think. Yeah. It is a similar thing. It's a similar thing. I think for me, it comes down to I am a warrior of earth and I always will be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe perhaps we should, we really should think about synthesizing this, which is like not something that I would typically feel. But I feel like. It is so sacred, but what's worse, like, or what's better, having the medicine, like, mm-hmm. one time, mm-hmm. or knowing that you can preserve a whole species that carry it and, like, allow it to continue on for generations and then then still be used in a sacred way, but very, like, respectfully and very, like, well, honorably to what the ecosystem I'm needs. not really sure. But I don't know if, like, that's, like, something that is possible. I'm not really sure what the... But anything um, is possible, right? That is true. You're correct. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure what the main, you know, demand is for it. Is it, is it typically... Is it primarily, I should say, coming from, you know just recreational use because this doesn't seem like a recreational kind of drug no um, god no but like, no is it really that high demand from like shamans that like shamans are the ones that are like killing these things and like i don't know like what is the because well, there wasn't a whole lot of information about that that we could find we saw you know we saw i think a couple of different perspectives we we saw people who are shamans who like take the medicine they let go of the frogs and then we saw people who are like they just they're producers they just take the medicine they produce and like so there's not that respect there right so i think you know we're seeing all sides of it kind of play out right now right um but it's interesting because everybody has basically said that it is the most profound experience that they've ever had and it's definitely the most intense experience that anyone has had. Like, well, to watch it happen on TV, it was like it's really kind of scary because like it can, yeah, people, it can be like a little disturbing. So heads up, like if you do decide to look at uh, videos, just know that like it can, yeah, be uncomfortable. But anyway, so like the. The experience looks very violent, you know, like, yes, and it, it comes on very, very quickly. Yes. So it's, it kind of blows my mind that people, I mean, I, I suppose the, ex, I haven't had the experience, so I don't know exactly um, what it's all about, but the way it's described to me, it's, it's sort of like a DMT experience where you have uh, instant kind of detachment and ego death. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you kind of almost melt back into source consciousness for a short period of time, but to yeah. you it feels like, you know, lifetimes. Yeah. And yeah, like, that's the one thing I think that's so interesting is, like, like, people say, like, they feel like they were in there for, like, 30 years and right. it's, like, 15 minutes. Right. And then they come back and, you know, watch the footage and they've just been writhing around, like, screaming love over and over again at the top of their lungs or some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's pretty interesting to me. And I, I feel like what's happening is is that experience, that chemical, is doing something to our sense of reality where we get overloaded with awareness. Mm-hmm. The awareness, you know, funnel breaks open and we collect a ton more information that we're, we're not seeing on a day-to-day basis. And for some people and some bodies, it's a lot of information to have to, like, process, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I feel like that's why we, you know ride around on the ground did we throw up and you know purge and have all kinds of like un- unpleasant experiences and uncontrollable you know, uncontrollable experiences. experiences but from the sounds know. of it you know even though you're throwing up and stuff like you're not even really it doesn't seem like you're really connected that you're doing that because you're like literally in another dimension in another world and yeah. like you're not it doesn't seem like you're really connected to your True. physical body because like when people come back it's like they like just like snapped out of a dream essentially right and then right. they were like I was doing what I was that's all I was saying that's all I was doing right. that's it so like it's a shock to people to actually like see like you said like the reality of like what what yeah, you what experience is like. but you're mentally and consciously and emotionally it's not that's not what you really seem to experience like you don't you just kind of give into it. You don't know that right. you're doing these things because you're so in that other plane of existence that these toads essentially carry on their backs. Like, they literally carry it on their backs. So that tells me, like, that might be their plane and dimension. It's interesting that they're attracted to bright white light, and that's what t- typically what a lot of people experience is hmm. bright white light. Interesting. I just made that connection. Thoughts. And like there's a sense of like that oneness and connection and whatnot. So I wonder if like there's a deeper reason like why the frogs are so attracted to the light. Well, like that. everything's reflective in our holographic universe. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I I am very just intrigued at People like this Ken Nelson guy who went by the pen name Albert Most originally before Hamilton Morris got to him and made his story public and reprinted the manual that we've we've got a copy of. We don't have the original. No. Um, but um, anyway, this Ken Nelson guy, or is it Nielsen? Nelson? Nelson. Nelson? Yeah, Nelson. Ken Nelson? Yeah. Uh I just, I, I have so many, you know, props for that guy because, like, I could not imagine being such a brave psychonaut like him. I mean, I, I consider myself in a way a psychonaut, but not in terms of, um, not in terms of, like, 
I'm going to milk this toad and let the milk dry out and smoke it and hope to God that it's not venomous as all hell and die. Um, but I mean, but he, he, he did have his research. He did have, I mean, there wasn't any Google back then. So you had to like really mm-hmm. do your research and read, you know, medical books and biology books and like really understand what you're going after here and what you found. Cause there's a lot of, you know, species that look similar. It's just not a, the right, you know, toad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so but God, just the whole experience just, I think he of just like had that, doing like, that call just, or intuitive yeah, nudge. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that call, that that intuitive like nudge to just be like, like he just knew. I'm gonna do this, and I can't wait to do it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Let's let's do it. You know. What a contribution. Um, I, that's that's got some balls. Yeah, he some does. Serious balls. And you know what I find really interesting? Like I think he truly did live out his life. One of one of his life purposes, I think Ken Nelson is a very unique and um, amazing man from what everybody has described. Um, I mean, he used to hand out pamphlets like this at, like, the Rainbow Gatherings back then. So, like, right. letting people know about, like, his concern, like, about, right. like, like just telling people about, yeah. like, like, he's the reason that, like, we kind of know it as, like, a public or as like society is and then but he died shortly after all of this was like revealed and like there's a video That's footage lucky. of him like at least we got what we did yeah like he literally like i find that it's like the moment of course that he finally claims who that he was almost and that he was the first person oh yeah to like publicly like or like not publicly but yeah be public about it and produce like evidence and produce like literature and research and um again like just general like sharing with the world just like sharing well i find it interesting that he's like he he can personally distributed the pamphlets at the rainbow gatherings and then other underground events and then retreated from the public eye so like there is a sense of keeping it secret still but yet it was something that had had been there for so long, but, but then like, he died shortly after this because he had right. a um, Parkinson's disease. But it but was like, like the truth came out, and then he could let go and move on. Sure, and it's so interesting. But it's it's good that with this pro with with the new printing, like the proceeds go to like the people that yes. you know created the original, you know, the artists and like Ken's family and everything, you know. Yes, so. and I think they're doing it to uh, a Parkinson's Foundation. Oh, a Parkinson's Foundation too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, at least it's the proceeds for buying this really go, go to like good causes and good things, you know? Yes. It's like um, giving back to the, as opposed to we were seeing like all those people at that conference that were just like hawking all this, like, you know, throw pillows and well, using art that and, wasn't theirs. Yeah. Essentially like stealing, stealing her artwork, you know? Yeah. The original artist. I can't remember her name. Uh, Patty. Hold on, let me look in here. It's in Patty here. something? Gail Patterson. Gail Patterson? Yeah, Gail Patterson is responsible for all the artwork in here. And she yeah. has, like, a, she has an interesting restaurant. What was it? Uh, Patty's, like, s- smack looking good. I don't know. It was, like, 
hilarious. Yeah. I love it. Um, oh, and I am here for it. It's like ball licking good or something. Yeah. It was <laughs> just like. It's 444. Four, four. Oh, yeah. 444. Four, four. I love that. Um, yeah, she was just a very bold woman, and I appreciate that um, aspect about her. But, yeah, so all of this is, you know, the T-shirts, too. So, like, there cannot be any design of the of this particular artwork um, where people can sell illegally. Because stealing people's artwork is just not cool. It's not okay, either, because you're essentially taking credit for something that you didn't put the time and energy in the effort to to do right and I understand that like certain artwork might be for the world but for something like this you know it's very particular it's like like I said it's like one of the first like published research pamphlets that about this right so it's big fatty spanking shit oh yeah that's what it is <laughs> sorry I, had to I look was it like up. what are you doing i, I was like why is it like figure it out i just <laughs> like had to figure it out Shaq. Yeah. yeah yeah anyway which is great so it's like you see what see what i mean gail patterson's uh is pretty dope um so i love that they like basically ceased and like Ranked wrote balls. every single company that they found to like cease and desist selling any goods of any kind that use this particular artwork from the pamphlet um, that was by Gail Patterson, so all the proceeds can go back to her and the right people. That's so right. there's a lot of justice that was served by by doing this, and like Absolutely. Hamilton, like when and like this Buffo uh, Alfarius story is so interesting because, like again, like I haven't really seen any other programs or any other documents other than like people trying it about this I've i have seen, to do like, more research in other popular culture i can't like cite any specific sources but i feel like in my mind i've seen like references to people like licking toads to get like psychedelically mm. high or whatever um but yeah, i don't know if that has do anything more. like correlation to people like who are aware of this buffalo furious you know toad because yeah. it's you know not it's, not it's not like you can just like milk that shit right in your mouth and like get fucked up you know yeah, like no, i don't it's like there's a crystallization process that has to happen it has to vaporize and get mm -hmm. into your system that way i'm mm -hmm. pretty sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yeah. man so it's just fascinating so um but the the story with like this is you know hamilton in i think season two of his series did an episode about this and was on the search of trying to figure out who this Al Most was, of, like, where this pamphlet came from. from Because, again, like, Ken Nelson was under the surname of Al Most at the time to just protect himself. Um, That's right. So it was under that, so he was, like, looking for it. And there were so many people who were trying to claim title to it. And there was this one person, which I forgot his name, um, it's probably best left unsaid. Yes. Because he doesn't deserve... But he straight up took credit and lied, like, on television, like, in front of Hamilton and, like, um, you know, took credit for this in order to, like, get publicity and money and things like that. Right. Um, which is really unfortunate and really upsetting. But having this, like, uh, problem happen, I think, was a good thing in the long scale because the right... People did see it, 
and the right people did contact Hamilton, and then we had all this, like, now you can buy t-shirts of it, and then you know it's going to, like, the right people. Um, you can buy, like, the literature on it, and it's, like, credited to the right people. So it's really interesting, and, like, same with, like, there's been a lot of other research that's been opened because of it, so overall, I think it was one of those happy accidents, as Bob Ross would say. Oh, yes. Bobby <laughs> Ross. I bet you Bobby Ross was doing Toad Venom back in the day. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. After was, watching that Daffy He was doing all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. He was, uh, he, was an inter- he was another interesting man that lived on this planet. He was. <laughs> he was. He was another interesting man that lived on our planet. Oh, is that Bob Ross guy, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, So, uh... But it is, but we know that this is something that, again, is not, this is not new news. Like, there has been some knowledge about this before. Yeah. But it was kept secret, and it was kept... Like most mind-expanding substances that we're aware of, they are kept secret until they are no longer, and they catch fire, and they now become part of our lexicon. You know, like Mm -hmm. magic mushrooms, I think... Anybody, you say magic mushrooms to somebody, and I have a feeling they have a grasp as to what you're talking about. You know, if you go to someone and say, Bufalfarious, they're going to look at you like, um, what are you talking about? I don't, is that right. a cheese? Is that a cheese that I'm not aware of? Is that a, a wine? Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. Yeah, like it's not like a, a common thing. Well, at least, yeah, I think now that's starting to change, but. Right. Um. I was trying to, to find, I was like, say, any what other... what are you looking up now on your phone, huh? I was trying to see, like, what I could find looking about... Looking Airbnbs? Like, Is that what you're doing? Airbnbs? No, fuck that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I was just trying to see if, like, if there was any other kind of... I should have, like, done this earlier, but... You know, this is that type uh, of show where it's where not scripted. There's no prior research, really. I mean, we... There is prior research. Like, we know what we're going to talk about, yeah. but we leave there. We leave an openness to it, It's I pretty uh, loosey-goosey. But we keep it that way because that's how it should be. It's an org... It's, it's supposed to be a capture, a small, like, look at <clears throat> just what it's like to have a smoke sesh with your friends and just start rapping about a subject. Exactly. Because it's all random. It's all over the place. It's just a regular conversation. Um, What I was going to say is I was trying to look up other tribes or other cultures, like, within the the Mexican, um, within Mexico. Area. An area. So, like like I said, the Olmecs, um, which are, like, the oldest indigenous cultures, like, that you know, that we know of, the Mayan, which is another really old ancient culture. Um, so there's science. evidence in that, in there, and <clears throat> in there too. I'm sure there is elsewhere. Um, but, you know, I would also say that people credit this to the knowledge of the reptilians, um, which is like an, an interdimensional species, right, mm-hmm. that has come mm. here on planet Earth and has been here for a really long time, and some even say that reptilians were responsible for teaching women how to be shamans and healers and medicine right. women, um, and teaching, like, how to work with the Earth and whatnot, teaching, like, the connection to all of that. So, you know, when you hear, like, those huh. kind of stories and, like, you think about this. Interesting. 
I never thought of like because I always talk about reptilians as being like lizard people or whatever, and I never thought like maybe there's like a part of the reptilians that are like frog-like. I mean, yeah, you why know? not? Like they're in a, they a don't similar look like this like like lizard, like a dragon, mm-hmm. you know, but they look more like a frog or like a turtle, like a turtle. Yeah, exactly. Like a teenage ninja turtle. Like a teenage mutant, like Michelangelo. Maybe that's what the teenage mutant <laughs> turtles are. Maybe, man. maybe they were secretly toads. They're lizard people. Because turtles were, yeah, they turtle were lizard people. people, reptilians. They were the OG teenage reptilians. Archangel Michael is now the <laughs> the uh, toad version, or the damn it, the turtle version. The I'm, turtles. I lost my train of thought here. Um, get lost in your on-air research. Yeah. Well, you know. So, anyway, and I can't find anything else that I would, like, I feel like is worth it, but, uh, it's, <laughs> it's definitely something that, like I said, like, I feel very oddly connected to. I think for various reasons. One, I think I really love the idea and the fact that there was justice with those who, um, created the artwork getting back like the funds for their credit and for what they contributed to the world along with like the um ken nelson and uh you know it being something that did kind of serve an overall purpose but i really think because i spent so much time as a kid catching toads like any time that i could (laughs) i feel like maybe that's like why i feel so connected to it and so drawn to it and i have played with the theory you know when you are a kid four 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 um four (laughs) when you are a kid it is said like you know pay attention to what you were doing when you were younger because that could be a clue and a gateway into like your sole purpose or like who maybe you were before you came here in a past life or something Um, or something that might have to do with, like, what you do later on. And so if I was, like, spending a lot of time in nature collecting toads, actually, I spent a lot of time just digging in the dirt. Um, but if I spent a lot of time collecting toads, I was, um, what if I did, like, do that back then? Like, what if I have a past life that I did that? And maybe there's a, a subconsciously strong, intuitive connection to that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just so fascinated maybe. by it just in general. Um, maybe. Maybe somebody in your, like, ancestral lineage yes. was part of this whole toad shaman mm-hmm. ritual situation. I think that's... It's quite possible. I mean, being half Mexican, that's very possible. It's quite possible. That, right you know, it's like a, it would be like a, a blood kind of connection sort of thing. So... It's really fascinating overall. What do you think, baby? I feel like I've really I was, said a lot. Well, I was going to ask you, I think the the big question to ask ourselves here at the end of the episode is, if we were offered the chance to do so, would we do it? If I would felt you? If I felt like it was um, done respectfully, the, the right way, and with people who I felt comfortable and trained to be with, yes, this would be something where I would want to go see, like, that shaman that we saw on Hamilton or a shaman in, like, the indigenous lands and indigenous cultures and, like, receive it from from them, you know, just to get that kind of 
original experience, but I'm also open to somebody who has been working with the medicine for a while, and I would be open to doing it synthetically too, but I think there is a part of me that does want to try it non-synthetically too. Like Just ethically. Ethically, I think, is the... The right Kali Yeah, word. that's a good... Thank you for exactly. reminding me of that. You're so, welcome. yes, I would. I clearly I have like I said I have two t-shirts like I love the t-shirt. I have two t-shirts, y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I mean, if I had one t-shirt, then probably maybe not. But now I got two, two t-shirts. Yeah. No, it's over. Well, the first one, the first like printing, I like waited too long to buy it, and they only had two XL left. Of like the rainbow color one, and that was the one I wanted. So, so I was the like, two "Fuck XL it!" Shirt, <laughs> yeah, even though it. I'm a size small, or what size are you? Medium. I'm like a medium. Yeah. yeah, like a medium. This one fits much better. Oh yeah, this one fits much better. So much better. But I still wear my other one all the time. I still wear both of them. Like they're like my one of my core shirts. Like <laughs> your core shirts. At first, yeah. I thought you said your horse shirts. I was My like, horse "What shirts. are you talking about? We don't have a horse. You don't go yes. horse riding." Like these are these are my favorite shirts. I think I wear it like a t shirt a week at least. Yeah, no, you do. And the other one, you just tie up all you know. Yeah, I tie it up toppy. like a crop top, or I tuck it. Crop I do a, a little French tuck or a little French tuck. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Because it is comfortable, and I really, I just, I love it. I just. You could wear know. that shirt so like a nightgown, girl. I could. I mean, I really could nightgown. wear a dress, like I wear it like a dress, and like put a belt on it. Yeah. That's so like. Oh, I remember doing that in high school. Maybe it just needs a belt. Maybe if you just put a belt around Maybe, the waist, girl, just put a belt. That was like the solution to a lot of my fashion. <laughs> so, oh, my would God. I do it? Yes, is Dave. The next question. <laughs> Um, yes, baby. Would you do I, it? I'm I think very I'm, curious. I think I'm of the same. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Gatsby. Um, <laughs> I think I'm this, of the same uh, perspective as you. You know, like if it were um, from the right person in the right setting with the proper intentions and I felt good about it and I, you know, all of those things would have to line up for me in order to inspire me to do it. Mm -hmm. Am I dying to do it? No. Am I running out the door to do it? No. Am I spending my life savings to go on a trip to get it done? No. I'm not doing any of those things because I want it to be something where if I'm called to do it, I will do it. Uh, yeah. Because I'm not personally passionate about, like, the experience. Not just yet, you know. Um, but I totally understand where people are coming from when they want to vi visit into those realms or experience that, you know, ego death. Um, every, every experience can be a gateway into exactly what your soul is looking to experience. Um, it's just a matter of, are you going to let the experience fully in or are you still going to hold back? from really taking in everything that you could in every single moment. Because honestly, like, listening to this podcast could be something for somebody who's just like, oh, my God, I'm so connected, I'm so in, you know? Like, But, but the same could be said for, like, doing the dishes, you know? Like, you could have mm -hmm. so much, like, connection and gratitude for the fact that, like, you're connected to this cycle of, 
you know, cleaning and cooking and, you know, because, like, literally, like, you're part of those cycles all day long, you mm-hmm, know? Like, mm-hmm. even breathing is that, in, out, in, out, in, out, you know? The recycling of material and then that replenishing of material in the same kind of motion. So that in of itself to me is just more evidence of the universe's uh, wild imagination to play some crazy game where we're going to milk some toads and then dry that, you know, milk and put it into a pipe and smoke it and have some um, mind wanting uh, experience. I'm going to call that wanting, mind Mm -hmm. wanting, because you just become one with, with everything. Well, I feel like something like this, it's, like, the same way that, like, ayahuasca was, like, discovered is essentially, like, the people were so connected to Earth and its consciousness that, like, it heard, it, it heard it, like, it heard the call. It, like, literally heard the call. Like, right. Or it was another time where maybe this species could talk and maybe well, they, there's... they were, like, an, um from elsewhere or something. I mean, there's there's so many many different theories. There's however many plants and vines and, and flowers and things in the Amazon, like millions. Yeah. Millions. So like how in the heck did they take the vine and this, this, uh, uh, leaf Mm -hmm. and put it together into a tea knowing that the leaf had an enzyme blocker so that we would be able to experience the the chemical that's coming from the vine. Mm-hmm. That to me is just My, like, divine intervention. You yes. know, there has to be some kind of like, you know, idea, dream, concept, vision, you know, that comes through and encourages somebody to go out there and be like, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take that, I'm going to brew it together, I'm going to drink that shit, and I'm going to go... <laughs> my mind is going to go... Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, you're absolutely right. Like, it had, like, how else, like... How else would that happen? Like, yeah, like, what else would make us, like, decide to, like, milk this toad and know that we're going to have this kind of experience? Yeah. You know, like, it just makes... Oh, especially that guy knowing right that it's in, like... In <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's psychedelic. Yeah. He's a psychedelic little guy. Well, it's like knowing that these go back into indigenous cultures. Like that's mm-hmm. like that's what makes me believe it's like they were more connected like they're more connected to the earth than I think most of society is. So of course they know. Mm-hmm. Of course, like they were aware and this is why it's like and think about it too, the fact that it dates back all the way into like Mayan culture and history and the fact that it's like still a thing and now it's popular i'm sure it would be mind-blowing to the mayan back then but i'm sure the mayan saw it coming (laughs) well yeah i mean which is why i think it was kept like i felt like it was kept more sacred than mushrooms just based off of like yeah what i what i feel about it and what i've seen about it well again knowing that the experience with this particular sacrament is very intense and even more intense than dmt which has been considered to be one of the most intense psychedelic experiences one can have um i can imagine that they would want to keep those substances even more secret than the ones like mushrooms because mushrooms can be done in a smaller dose can Mm -hmm. be used to elevate the consciousness consciousness 
gradually of the individual rather than this like instant I am one with the universe and all my concepts of my body and my existence are out the fucking window and I am my mind is just like overloaded with like conscious awareness you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. like that to you me you don't come I, back you, the same person yeah like you can't come back the same person you know it's impossible mm-hmm. you know and you see that in the people that have done it you know um even hamilton yeah hamilton even came back and i mean the whole time hamilton is just like repeating love yeah. now his experience wasn't as intense but i think that's indicative of how much he was able to let in you know because knowing hamilton and who he is as much as he's interested in psychedelics and has a lot of experience with psychedelics obviously mm-hmm. um I, f- I feel like the guy is just not as spiritually connected no. because he's so connected to chemistry and science mm-hmm. and because of that i think his body is not quite his receiver if you want to think about it that way is not quite open enough in to ex- fully let that experience come in so it comes in in a uh, a level that's in concert with where he's at, not so much just, you know, this it, substance is going to do the exact same thing for everybody every single time because that's not the case. But if you see the people that are spiritually connected, dude, they're like writhing around the ground, going crazy, like screaming mm-hmm. and yelling. like mm-hmm. So you can tell like there's a difference in the person. They're the more person. open to surrendering. Exactly. There's... there's different levels to it depending on the type of person that is taking it in because the type of person that's taking it in and their intentions with it are just as much to do with the outcome of the experience as the substance that they're taking in it so yeah i agree i totally agree that's why i think this is something that we should keep learning about right um and keep listening you know, to our predecessors and our ancestors and really find a way to honor and respect this because clearly it is incredibly sacred. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, not only that, but it's like there's a, a, it's, there's it's an a rare animal frog. involved. Yeah, there's a, another... It's not just a plant, you know, or, or not just like a root or, you know, something like that. It's a... Well, what do you... Like, you even know. if it is just a root or a plant, it's still like... Yeah, no, like, I understand, but, you know... I feel like there's there's a difference. I understand when it's what like you're saying. A living, but, breathing, like but plants are living thing. and breathing and moving I, too. I understand. I get it. <laughs> Everything's alive, honey. I know. Everything is alive, honey. Oh my god. Everything. Everything. <laughs> so we are coming to the end of this toady episode. Yes. Um. I. I feel pretty good about yeah, where, I think where we, we got are. Everything that we wanted in. You know, there's not one day. You know, maybe we'll redo this, and when we redo it, we'll um. We'll be able to talk from experience from having maybe. it. Maybe we'll see. Um, we'll we'll do a psychedelic season and in the future rehash it all. I just realized this bookmark fell out and it says that all paper used to produce this book was made in Niles, Michigan. No way. Yes. What? Where French paper company has made their paper for more than 140 years using solely solely hydroelectric power for the last 99 of those years. Whoa. So the internal pages are made from post-consumer recycled waste. Interesting. See, I've had this book for a while, but I haven't really had the opportunity to, like, sit down and, like, really 
read it and digest it. It's mm. been like such a sacred book. I've just it's been also, like so happy to even just have it. Well, and it's also very. Uh, very I think it's heavy gone into in like five, areas. five different printings, yeah. five or six different printings. Wow, anyway. that's amazing. But still, so like again, like ugh, just another reason why ugh. I love this. Ugh. Ugh. But anyway. I think um, if you go to creamforever.com, it's C-R-E-A-M. Um, wait, C-R-E-A-M. Yes, yeah, C-R-E-A-M. That, that is cream, yeah. This is where you can see if you can get yourself a shirt, um, potentially another printing of the, the pamphlet because it sells out pretty quickly. So make sure you're on that shit. Um, <laughs> be on it. You can sign up for their, like, they have, like, email, email newsletters and stuff that will let you know about it. Um, they've come out with, like, two different, or a couple different rounds of, like, the Buffo Alvarius t-shirts, and I'll probably continue buying them, honestly, just because I love them, and they're really great t-shirts. Like, not sponsored at all, but, like, I, I really do. Like I said, like, I wear these t-shirts, like, at least once a week. My 2XL one or the one that fits me actually the like the way it properly Just should. Call, <laughs> calling in that toad energy. Yes, yes. And I was so. just telling Dave I had a, a dead toad skeleton and uh, I accidentally threw it away. Actually, no, I burned it because I didn't think it was very good looking. But then there was a part of me like, damn, I wish I didn't burn it. But Elizabeth, next time Elizabeth, Elizabeth. I'm gonna, I'll get another frog-like statue or something to honor it. But yeah, so, so thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. And continue to keep up with our season six, a season of psychedelics. That's, yes. Uh, we are going to do something next. I'm not sure what yet because we typically keep it a mystery until the next episode comes out. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I like to do what we feel called to do. It feels right. We're going to talk about it this week, see mm-hmm. what we feel. Yeah, we'll see what we what comes up because there's honestly, there's a lot of different psychedelics that we can It's explore, funny because at so. first I didn't think we could fill a whole like season full of different psychedelics. And then we got talking about it with somebody the other day, and I was like, wait, there's so many psychedelics mm-hmm. out there. There's like so crazy many. amounts. So many. So... Anyway, thank you guys for listening, and tune in next week for another edition of Higher Consciousness. Yes, and make sure you're following us on Instagram at higher underscore consciousness underscore talk, and you can stay up to date with all the latest things, and even some of the things that Dave and I do outside of Higher Consciousness, too. That's right. Thanks so much. See you next week. Bye-bye. Listen to more Higher Consciousness every Thursday on Spotify at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.